0: Hello and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Ruppe. He's Chris Stanzial. Chris, last time we did the first half of Villanova schedule, we did non-conference play. Now we're switching it up. We're looking at the conference play and beyond. Are you excited?
1: I am thrilled, especially after these past 24 hours. I just
0: want to talk some basketball. First, we're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about some Villanova athletic news. Before, right before we get to our second half of the preview series. Fair enough. First off, Miguel Pauly, Andreas Bartosinski, and Shane Bradley were all named to the All Big East second team. They've been having a pretty solid season so far for men's soccer, who is playing today. They're going to take on Butler in the semifinal round of the Big East tournament. Nova is 10 6 3. Butler is 11 5 2. Who do you got in the finals? Who, Who do you got going to the finals? I got the Cats.
1: They played a close game back in September. Uh, Villanova lost 3-2 to two in overtime. Um, but I'd say Villanova's got a little bit of momentum going. i say they pulled this one out.
0: Last time these two teams met, the Cats lost 3-2 to two in overtime on September 17th. Butler scored in the 95th minute for the win. Tuesday was election day. And regardless of how, how you feel about the results, we can 100% guarantee that I don't think we feel that bad for you if you didn't vote. No. I Every vote matters, and uh, I think we learned that on Tuesday. Yeah, we did. It was very close, very, very close. So someone had to win, someone had to lose. Whether your candidate got to experience a thrill of victory or the agony of defeat, we hope you voted. Chris, you voted, I voted, we did our job. We did our civic duty. It either went your way or it didn't. Jay Wright voted, and he (laughs) had a reaction to it. Yeah, he it's... tweeted, "As embarrassing as this election was internally, our transition and attitude as a country post-election is inspiring to the world."
1: Of course, he has to use the word attitude.
0: Oh, well, it wouldn't be Jay Wright without it.
1: No, I'm just waiting for the day the White House puts up hashtag #attitude right on, right in the front, front lobby, and then a picture of Villanova basketball somewhere, just to remind everyone that if we keep if we have attitude, that we will. We might we might be a happier country.
0: You know, imagine if instead of giving Obama a signed jersey, they just gave him a giant poster that says "Attitude."
1: <laughs> Honestly, I I don't know why we never thought of that before. I feel like that would have been a great parting
0: gift. So we've talked about how we felt about this election off the air. We're not. We are not. We are just not going to talk about that.
1: No, we're done.
0: Th- th- this is that's that's just not a good subject to go into.
1: We're done. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> But how do you feel about Jay's message? I mean, I, I agree with him. It's all about progress. It's all about looking forward. Everything that has happened is in the past. I mean, it's coach speak at its finest, but I feel like it applies well today.
0: I can totally vibe with Jay's message. I mean, regardless if, if your candidate won or lost, it's really about how you respond to it and how you take it and move forward. I mean, it's no secret right now that our country is pretty, pretty divided, and if if there's anything i've learned today in the last 24 36 hours stay away from social media one yes, please two do not go on social media just to drive that wedge deeper between everybody it's just not looking good right now you have people arguing taking shots at each other friendships are breaking down all because of words thrown on the internet just just stop it's it's terrible yeah. do it's- not engage no one, nothing good is going to come out of making fun of someone or arguing or calling somebody out on the internet. You're just going to walk out angrier. They're going to walk away angrier. And if we just have more negativity and division. Mm-hmm. Just please, just do something positive. And if you're unhappy with how the election went, or if you are happy, you obviously can't change what happened. Do not rub it in someone's face or use it to tear somebody down, you know, go ahead and make some sort of positive change, whether it's in your life, your community, or your inner circles, you know, do something nice for somebody. These little deeds add up. And I think we need a lot more positivity, a lot more connectedness than we do from just hating each other, especially on social media. You know, put down the phone, stop hating. If you're red, blue, it's just not healthy. Just relax, take a deep breath, eat a pizza, get to work tomorrow, and just better yourself some way.
1: Amen. You know, have some
0: attitude. Have some hashtag attitude.
1: Yes. If if, if there is one word to live your life by, you might as well make it an attitude.
0: Now, I've tried to stay off Facebook for the last two days. Every time I go on, something bad. Bad stuff everywhere. Yeah. But the one positive thing I saw, which was nice, it was pretty refreshing. You know, I saw uh, a former high school classmate Just feel this new sense of inspiration to go back to school, get a degree, and make some change. No mention of the election, which was probably the only one that didn't mention it. It was was just really positive and upbeat. It was nice to read.
1: Yeah, that that is nice. I didn't see any of that in my Facebook feed. I I'd logged off, and I mean, if you guys followed me on Twitter, I made a little bit of a comment today about how I felt about that as well, and I didn't mention the election either. It was just just more fed up with people. And not so much the candidates anymore. Uh, just, just be positive through this. Move on. Let, let's let's be happy.
0: Yeah, you can't change what happened, but you can totally change how you view things and what you can do with the people around you. Agreed. Now, on a way much lighter note. Yeah, thank God that's over. ESPN. They they made some change. They oh. brought on Chris Jenkins.
1: Wow. He was on
0: Sports <laughs> Center yesterday.
1: They're acknowledging us. It's happening.
0: Yeah, you know it's not easy for any Villanova to end up on that show. No, <laughs> not at all. Zero, no shot. No. And for once, they were not bashing Villanova. There were no underhanded comments. Okay. Um, they asked Chris about the shot. You know, they caught up with the champ. What it was like? How his life has changed? Now, if you remember on Big East Media Day, we talked about how he. Apparently, quote unquote has not seen the shot since the new season's about to start up. Right. He's yeah. he kept consistent with that, so there is consistency.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: But you know, on ESPN they asked him, you know, you've been playing pickup basketball with UNC players over the summer, especially with Nate Britt, his brother. They asked him, you know, have you brought it up? Have you rubbed it in? And he said he has not trolled Nate about the shot at all. Do you buy Jenkins statement as an older brother of two
1: uh no I would rub that in every day and even though I I might be outnumbered I'd I'd still do it or make mention of it somehow I would probably take a three from the same spot every
0: every single pickup game
1: just just as a little bit as a thorn in the side to them I mean that's pretty funny
0: Yeah, I just totally don't buy it either. It it has definitely come up once. He said he's going to wait till they're older, you know, kind of like old guys looking back at it. I don't think so. Nah,
1: you you do it now, get it out now. And I I don't know. Maybe he's just not doing it because he fears that they might play UNC again and then something might happen against Villanova. I don't know. Maybe he's playing the long con just in case there is some form of retaliation, but I doubt it.
0: Wow, I've never thought of it like that. You know, you have a totally good point there.
1: Yeah, I I never thought of it like that either until just now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say anything until you know you're absolutely safe. <laughs> he, he can't take that moment away from you.
1: Yeah, maybe after graduation, he'll uh he'll be right uh he'll be right right back at it, but who knows.
0: So, on to the Big East conference. Yes. We resume part 2 of 2, the second half Villanova schedule. Teams in the Big East, Villanova's one of them. Nine other teams in the conference. Mm -hmm. And first off, we're going to talk about a team that the Cats first faced right after they were ranked number one for the first time in program history. A team that would love to be anywhere near number one. (laughs) The DePaul Blue Demons.
1: Everyone's favorite punching bag.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Villanova gets to start with them. They'll, They'll play the Blue Demons on December 28th at home. The Blue Demons, obviously they haven't been so hot. No. And last year, under first-year head coach Dave Lato, they finished nine and twenty-two overall and three and fifteen in the Big East. And when you lose your top score going to this year because he graduated, Mike Henry, mm-hmm. he led the team in points and rebounds last season. And then you got four players transferring out, <laughs> including a key stretch forward that started. Oh. And then you graduate another key rotational player, and then another starter. It's just not looking too good.
1: No, not at all. I remember I actually wrote the preview for Bench Mob, uh, the first game Villanova played after being ranked number one. And when I was doing my research on the poll, I, I mean, I understood why they were bad, but I didn't understand why they were so bad. But now you lose Mike Henry, who I remember was a big part of that preview. Tommy Hamilton, the fourth. I mean, those are two pretty big pieces. And then you got Billy Garrett Jr., who is a good player in his own right, but is just terribly, terribly inefficient. And Eli Kane, sophomore, I remember he was one of the premier shooter shoot type of players when that phrase was hot back in senior year. So maybe he can help make up for those two losses, but I I don't know. I just don't see DePaul doing much. I, I can actually see them regressing, if that's even possible. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, surprisingly, they did not finish last last year, so they, they can at least hang that on their heads.
1: True, true.
0: But, I mean, Billy Garrett Jr., he was a top 100 prospect coming out of high school, four-star guy, local guy, right from Chicago. How do you kind of view his career?
1: Um, I wouldn't say he's been... Bad, but I wouldn't say he's been at what the Paul has needed. Like, I mean, yeah, the Paul got a top 100 recruit. Good for you, but he hasn't been the like the savior or or the Jesus that the Paul has been looking for for many, many, many years. And it's just due to his inefficiency. He's shot under 40% last year and put up only 12 points. And from three, he only shot 27%. That is that that would be bad for a forward and now you are a guard doing that and you're, you have the ball in your hands. And most of the time I, I just, ugh. I, I feel bad for him, honestly. Cause I feel like he tries like in the games that we watched against the ball, like he tries a lot because <laughs> he, he is the star of this team, but it's just, he just, it's just not there. Uh,
0: you know, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like he's just tired. You know, he's, yeah. You know, I feel like your next year can only go so far, especially when it is finally your last year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you got Eli Kane, who he was great last year. I mean, he had the second highest three-point shooting percentage in the Big East. Mm-hmm. But last year he was kind of the third and fourth option. Now he's one of the top two guys. You know, when scouting reports start to key in on you, I, I just don't see him being able to have that same success.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I don't think he'll shoot around 43% from three. Maybe it will dip a little. But, yeah, now that you're the premier option, teams are definitely going to be on the lookout for you. It's not going it, to – your shots aren't going to be there for – those shots that were there for you last year might not be there for you this year. So, I mean, if he if he improves his shot, then, you know, maybe he can maintain the level of success. But it, I think he'll probably regress just a little bit. But it, it won't be too drastic, I feel like.
0: Now the Blue Demons, they they got a nice iconic win last year. They got to shock Providence, a Chris oh. Dunn led Providence.
1: Oh my God, that's right! I forgot about that.
0: Oh, they didn't. They did not forget about that.
1: I'm sure they didn't. That was their, that is their NCAA finals.
0: <laughs> I'm sure if you, I'm sure if you walk into their equivalent of the Davis Center, they got those screens and they just have replays of that game, highlights <laughs> of that game playing all the time.
1: Oh, man, that poor program.
0: Now, they shocked Providence last year. Mm-hmm. Do you see them shocking the Cats at the Pavilion or <laughs> when the Cats go to Chicago on February 13th?
1: Um, no. I'm pretty sure that the first Big East game at home for Nova, I mean, that's, that's a given. And then, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there will be a trap game when they do eventually go to Chicago. I mean the Paul's just the Paul. I, I feel like they'll pretty they'll handle him pretty easily. So chalk up another two wins for the Cats.
0: But Chris, I'm I'm pretty sure Chris Dunn and Ben Bentel thought the same way too.
1: Yes, but Chris Dunn and Ben Bentel were two players. Villanova has like seven really good ones. <laughs> Providence was those two, and that was it.
0: Yeah, don't tell them that though. Okay, I won't. But I will have to agree with you. This is definitely a pair of wins for Nova, mm-hmm. and I would go on to say you can use a sharpie. You can put you can sharpie <laughs> in those Ws,
1: sharpie pen, whatever whatever you want.
0: Don't even pencil it. Just just grab the permanent marker.
1: <laughs> and uh, just just to clarify for our viewers, for last episode when we did the non-conference schedule, we both had the cats at twelve and one. I had them losing to Purdue. You had them losing to Virginia. And then you chalk up two wins, and they're sitting at fourteen and one.
0: Yes. Yes. And Novo will be flying the W in Chicago and they'll be playing the fight song at home when they win. So after DePaul, Villanova will play Creighton on New Year's Eve. Fortunately the game will be at one PM, so you can still perfectly enjoy your New Year's Eve festivities. Mm-hmm. And cats of the cats,
1: yeah, I, that's pretty good timing. I'm, I don't think it'll interfere with any uh, college bowl games either. So, I'm I'm pretty sure that was done on purpose then.
0: Yeah, that's it's part of their whole uh, New Year's Eve lineup. But thankfully, they didn't make that the main day right. for Big East clashes. Mm-hmm. So, Nova's got Creighton, and back at Big East media day when we had our first ever podcast, we talked about how Maurice Watson Jr. Crayton point guard, Philly boy, mm-hmm. said that the Blue Jays don't have one of the best. They have the best backcourt mm-hmm. at Big East. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking you, do you see them being the new guard you? Yeah. Still, And you said no. Do I you said still no. stick to that?
1: Yes, but it's not as hard as a no as I, as, that, as I said that day. I did a little bit more research, and I've seen how the lineups have kind of developed um, since media day. I'd have to say, I think he might be right down the line, but as of right now, I just don't feel comfortable giving it to them for the best backcourt. But some, in Biggie's play, they might they might uh, show their true colors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that they're the new guard here. I would not give him the crown as a big best backcourt just yet. I mm-hmm. feel like you have to earn that title. Isaiah Zierden. Yeah, you know, he's pretty good. And then they got Kyrie Thomas, who's expected to have a breakout year after sparingly playing last year. I think he averaged – or no, I think he shot well into 40% from beyond the arc. So that's that's solid, you know. Crane loves its shooters. They love their shooters, yeah.
1: And Zierden, Zierden was pretty good from deep as well, shooting around 39%.
0: Yeah, he's always been there. He's been their go-to uh, sharpshooter for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But Watson – Watson's great. I mean – You know, he's an excellent distributor, led the team in assists with 6.5, which was also the highest in the Big East. Mm -hmm. And then he also scored 14.1 points per game. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Ken Palm says he's got the 12th highest assist rate, so everyone is benefiting from his dishes and his gifts. (laughs) Now, Big East Coast bias. My friend's over there.
1: Yes. Other employer.
0: My other employer. They named him the top point guard going into the 2016-17 season. Do you buy into that hype? And for reference, it was number one, Mo Watson, number two, Edmund Sumner, and number three, Jalen Brunson. I
1: I guess so. See, I, I don't know. You, you say Mo Watson, Jr., and you just don't think number one point guard. But then you look at the stats, and I'm sure once Biggie's play rolls around, we're gonna be like, yeah, he's probably the best. I I don't know. I feel like that it's crate since it's Creighton. You know what? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that list one through three. That's fine.
0: What do you What do you say? See that that's kind of how I felt when I remember voting on this, and I was just like, really, this guy? Like, yeah, he was, he was on Creighton, and I think that's part of the problem. He's on Creighton. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm sure if he was on a biggies contender, they'd talk about him more. Or if he was like an NBA draft prospect, if he wasn't in Omaha, Nebraska, yeah,
1: middle of nowhere.
0: But he 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 seems legit. I mean, when when he played Nova last year, he looked great.
1: Oh, he he was really good. Those it's, those slashing guards are always a thorn in Nova's side.
0: But um, I I'm starting to buy onto the. I'm starting to hop on the bandwagon. I think I'm gonna be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but I'm going to wait until the season starts before I get on there a little late. Hopefully there's still room for me. <laughs>
1: I'll let you on. I'll create room for you. I don't know. When when big East media day rolled around, I guess we were kind of in the same mindset. It was just like, Oh, it's Creighton point guard. Like they, there's no way he could be the best. But then you start to think about the other point guards in the big East and you're like, okay, maybe he is. It's more, it's more of process of elimination that he's number one. than he's actually, you know, shown that he's number one.
0: Yeah. And he, it was a, you know, last year was his first year playing after transferring from Boston, awesome. and I think, you know, with that, you know, with that first year of experience, he's definitely feeling good in Greg McDermott's system.
1: Yeah, he's got a good system over there. He knows what he's doing.
0: Last year, Creighton was pretty interior heavy when it came to their attack. I mean, they shot very well inside the arc.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I believe they had the fourteenth highest. Two-point field goal shooting percentage okay. in all of the NCAA.
1: That's pretty good. Uh, that could win you a few games.
0: Now, a big part of that was Jeffrey Grussell, big seven-foot man. Oh, yes, I'm sure you remember him.
1: Mm-hmm. He was hurt in the game against Nova at the Pavilion. I remember yes.
0: that. Yeah, he averaged just over 11 points per game and had the second-highest field free throw. I mean, not free throw, uh, shooting percentage in all of the NCAA was 70.2%. Toby Hegner, who's supposed to be his replacement now that Russell graduated, he's hurt w- with an Achilles injury. They don't know how long just oh. yet. But in the meantime, the Blue Jays have seven-foot freshman Justin Patton. How do you think he's going to do? <laughs>
1: um, uh, wel- welcome to the show, kid. Man, another Achilles injury? Didn't we just talk about that last episode with someone? I forgot who.
0: I, I believe so.
1: Yeah. Um- Anyway, back back to Patton. Was he was he a top end recruit coming out of
0: high school, or was
1: he top one hundred?
0: I don't think he was top one hundred, but I believe he was a four star.
1: Okay, I mean not not the worst. McDermott's system seems to run through the center a lot, so he'll definitely get his touches. Um, we'll see initially if maybe in the non conference schedule if uh, Creighton will be willing to go through him more often. Come Big East play, I think they they're definitely hoping though that Hegner will be back by then. But yeah, we'll give the freshman some minutes, see how he does. And if he does rel- any relatively well to Grosselle, I mean, they'll definitely love to have him in the lineup every day.
0: You know, I think last year they didn't really have the perimeter scoring threats that they used to have when Doug was around. I mean, right. you know, everyone could shoot it. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like they're starting to bring in some shooters. You know, they got transfers coming off of redshirt years. Mm-hmm. And I think the backcourt and the perimeter game will be more important again. And not so much for the big man up front, especially when you have a freshman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, who knows what this guy can do. I mean, you know, he has a freshman, and while that means he's young and doesn't have experience, it also – you don't know what he's capable of. All right. All right. Now, Creighton, they've been hungry for the NCAA tournament. They haven't been there since Doug was there. They kind of fell off the Big East face of the earth. And now they were considered in the top three, top four, rather, of the Big East preseason poll. Are there legitimate Big East contenders? Are you buying into it?
1: I don't think they're going to crack the top two and supplant Nova or Xavier, but I can definitely see them finishing three or four or five. And then come Big East tournament time, who the heck knows what that means. Maybe they match up well against Xavier if they're a three. And then if they're a four, maybe they play us again and they play us well. So I I can definitely see them making a run uh, for sure.
0: Now, how will Nova fare against them?
1: I was thinking about this the whole entire preview for them. Um, I'll definitely give Nova the game at the Pavilion. Now, head road. I don't know. They struggled with them, what was it, two years ago? From Creighton, really wasn't that good. That was the first year after Doug.
0: Yeah, yeah. They. I, I remember it came down to the last second.
1: Yeah, I think Arch had some layup within 10 seconds. And then last year on the road, I don't think they really had that much trouble with them. No. No. Um. I'll say Nova wins, but if you want to put a, a trap game alert, with that, with anything, it, it would be that one.
0: I feel – oh, God. It's another hard one because I feel like Creighton would be one of those teams that get hot later. You know, as Biggie's conference play, like, unfolds, like, they'd be hot later.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But because Nova plays them, you know, second game of conference play on the road, Right. I, I feel like Wildcats would take them down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna give I'm gonna give both to Nova, mm-hmm. but I would definitely put trap game on that. I would agree with that trap game sentiment. Yeah, I, on New Year's Eve.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing. The New Year's Eve games uh, usually get everyone hyped up just a little bit more, and Creighton will be home for that, so that's tough. Yeah, all these, all these, all the road games in the
0: Big East are tough to call. Oh, thanks, Jay. Thanks for telling me that. <laughs>
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad I learned from the best with that.
0: As long as Villanova has attitude, they'll go 35 and 0.
1: Obviously. That's what I was told. Anyways. Yes.
0: Now we go on to another well, they're not a newcomer, but they were one of the the new guys on the block after conference realignment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The Butler Bulldogs. Who are an Enigma. <laughs> They graduated Kellen Dunham, who's basically the Ryan Archie Diakono of Indiana. Yeah. And Roosevelt Jones. Great. Both player. were key guys over the last couple of years. Both great scores. Chris, who do they have left? Well,
1: they got Keelan Martin, junior forward. He uh, put up 15.7 points per game. Average 6.8 rebounds and shot 45% from the field. Uh, Avery Woodson. They just brought him in, grad transfer, averaged just under 10 points a game, and shot 43% even from three-point range while he was at Memphis. And Andrew braz. Andrew they, Chora, blah, 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 blah. Uh, <groans> One of the best names out there and one of the worst to pronounce. Uh, yeah, he's, he's their star player now. Senior, forward, average 10 points a game. I was just over four rebounds per game. I think the offense will be going through him and Martin for at least early on. And they'll make adjustments along the way.
0: Yeah. Travis is a, he plays center, but he can actually knock down the three. Mr. Sure. Sure. But, um, Killam Martin. Some people actually have coined him or tagged him as the dark horse for biggies player of the year later. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to keep an eye on Mr. Martin.
1: Okay. I mean, I said Dark Horse contender, I could definitely see it. I mean, he put up just under 16 a game last year, are Yeah,
0: and he, and he was only a sophomore, too, which was pretty All good.
1: Right. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, maybe without Donovan Jones, maybe his numbers will go up, but I can see his percentages going down at the same
0: time. Yeah, because it's kind of like, did did he thrive because you got like four other guys?
1: Right, yeah, you don't know. It'll be a interesting story in life to keep an eye on.
0: This is a senior-laden team. They got six seniors all together, which is virtually half the team.
1: They
0: mm-hmm. got Travis, Woodson, uh, Kathansa Savage, who is a George Washington transfer, and point guard Tyler Lewis. They also have two senior walk-ons, if you want to count them, too. I mean, yeah, walk-ons matter.
1: They have to. That's... Oh,
0: yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> this wouldn't be a site.
1: This wouldn't be a site without the walk-ons.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Despite this, there's a lot of uncertainty just because, you know, they're throwing in a lot of new faces in different places.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Aside from the pair of transfers, they also have a redshirt freshman and three other true freshmen who haven't made their Butler debuts yet. How do you see these guys gelling together?
1: Uh, oof. That's tough because, like you said, just so many new faces, lots of turnover, I don't know. I think you're going to have to play through non-conference first, see how that goes, and then like I said before, you're just going to have to adjust and just see wh- what freshmen are ready for the moment, which transfers are ready for the Big East and just kind of go from there. I mean, you, Martin's going to obviously be the star right here. Um but yeah, like we said before, they're an enigma. We we like they're the team that will beat Nova at home, but then they'll go on the road and lose to the ball. It's just one of those things, one of those volatile teams that I feel like will be even more volatile this year because of all the new guys. Uh, How how do you see this playing out for them?
0: It's it's tough just because, you know, you have guys like Martin, who is a star, and you have the Hinkle Fieldhouse Magic.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But I don't know. See, I think with Butler, in relation to the Big East, like their floor is certainly not low. Like right. I feel like they're just going to be a middle of the pack team. Mm-hmm. But if they rose above that and cracked like the top five or like top four even, mm-hmm. that wouldn't totally surprise me.
1: Yeah, that just yeah, that just speaks to the volatility of this team. Uh, where where do you see them finishing? Just out of curiosity.
0: I think I had them at, like, fifth or sixth.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, pretty much interchangeable. I right. So, uh, do you have Nova winning these games or,
0: or no? I'm going to have it at – I think Nova's going to fall into a trap hole mm. away at Hinkle, at good old, good old, the good old field house. And – I see Nova losing on January fourteenth, but I see them definitely winning at home.
1: Right. Yeah. See, I, I gotta give Nova a loss somewhere along here. I don't know if I can do it though, because without without Roosevelt Jones and without Donum, I and it's kind of early in Big Biggie's play, so I feel like Nova can just. Walk in there and kind of do their thing. I kind of feel like Butler's like creating in that sense that if it was later in the year, then maybe they would have a better shot. So, yeah, I'll give Nova the two wins here.
0: And that is where we start to diverge.
1: Yep, right there. But I, I'll give you a, a little bit of a preview. I think it's going to change soon <laughs> 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 with our next opponent.
0: Now we're moving on. To the Cheeseheads. Up in good old Wisconsin. Scotties. The Marquette Golden Eagles. Now I'm going to start this off with a hot take. Mm-hmm. There's no Henry Ellenson. And I think they're going to be better without him.
1: Ooh, okay. A little bit of a Patrick Ewing effect.
0: Yeah, Ellenson. Great numbers. You know, the guy, talented. You know, mm-hmm. He comes in as a five-star forward, big man, power forward, center. Wins Big East Rookie of the Year. Almost averages a double double. Seventeen points per game. Nine point seven re- rebounds per game. He's with the Pistons now. Shout out to Darren Hilliard. But I just feel like the way that this team is, you know, they have a, they were very young last year. But they only, aside from Ellenson, uh, only one senior graduated, and he only appeared in four games. It was a young team. But now, Bojo's guys are back in year three of his reign. You know, they returned four key rotational players that each averaged in double figures last season. Luke Fisher, Hanif Cheatham, Dwayne Wilson, Jawan Johnson. And then they bring back a couple other guys off the bench that got good playing time, Sandy Cohen, Tracy Carter. I don't know if you remember. remember when Tracy Carter made that three and uh, yeah. said some explicit yeah, he content? He <laughs> said some stuff to the bench.
1: Well, he's a Philly boy, isn't he?
0: Yes, yes, he is.
1: Yeah, probably a little bit bitter that he didn't get offered from Noah.
0: Oh, yeah. There was definitely a part of him that was. Just a bit. And then they got some new guys, too. You know, they got a transfer. Andrew Rousey, who racked up over 1,200 points in just two years before transferring over.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you got Cates and Reinhardt, who averaged. At least 10 points per game in every season he's played so far. Transfer to Marquette after stops at UNLV and USC.
1: Triple transfer.
0: Yeah, triple triple threat.
1: Triple threat.
0: And then you got Sam Hauser, who's looking like the freshman favorite. You know, this guy can sling it. He's shot 44% from deep his senior year of high school, and then just over 50% his junior year. Oh, boy. Yeah, Jay would love to have him, by the way.
1: Yeah, those are some gouty numbers that would make uh, any guard-heavy unit happy
0: now they went 2013 overall last season but had an 8 and 10 record in the big east do you buy my argument that it is addition by subtraction
1: to an extent yes we will talk about another team where i will make an argument for addition by subtraction as well but i really wish allison stayed just because i wanted to see this marquette team develop into something big because i feel that rojo actually is doing something good over there And no matter what my uh, friend says who went to Marquette, he despises Wojo at some points. And he doesn't believe what he's doing is uh, is good for the program. I don't know why. Um, He doesn't think he's good at developing players. But I I don't think – I think Marquette's going to be better, but that's not because they – they're losing Ellinson with the addition by subtraction thing. I think it's because their guards are just going to play that much better. And their young, their, their young guys are now a year older. And I think that whole year of development is going to be huge for them.
0: Yeah, it's not so much Ellenson was like a cancer or like, you know, I felt like he didn't really shoot his team out of games. Right. But I do think with the added year of experience and you have those young guys, I do think they've gotten a lot better. Yeah, I agree.
1: I, I will say that if Ellenson was on the team still, I'd probably be looking to the, put them in the top four. And I and I, I didn't think he played – like, I, I, he played well last year. I didn't think he played that well to go lottery, like right off the bat. But each their own, I guess.
0: Nova gets Marquette on January 7th at home to start, and then they'll be back there about two, two weeks later, two and a half weeks later. And then they're going to go on the road to the BMO. The BMO Bradley Harris Center. Mm-hmm. How does it overdo the regular season series against the Golden Eagles?
1: They take the home game. <laughs> I think that's pretty much a given, and the BMO Center always a tough place to play, and they're gonna lose. Really? Yes. I I don't know. I always I'm always afraid of Marquette. I don't know. Maybe it's just because when I Growing up watching Villanova, Marquette was the team that always annoyed me the most. Uh, so maybe I just still think that they're that type of team. But, yeah, I I say Villanova drops the one in Wisconsin.
0: Do you remember when Villanova almost lost at Marquette a couple years ago? Tony Chanel went coast-to-coast coast like Scotty Reynolds. Yeah. And then there was a controversial block charge. Yeah. But the real MVP there was JVP. Yeah. Pulled an angry J right away from the ref.
1: <laughs> yes, losing on technical free throws after you were supposed to win on the game-winning basket, but which was clearly not a charge. Let's, I'll never forget that. And Marquette wore pink jerseys for that. I remember that too. And the announcer for that game was actually the Packers radio guy.
0: Now, after those Golden Eagles, the Lenovo comes back a couple days later at home. And this day... January 10. You should definitely have it circled. Villanova plays the Xavier Musketeers.
1: Throw up the X.
0: X, go and give it to you. X give. Now, Muskies are good. They had one of the best seasons in program history last year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And as a result, Chris Mack wins the Henry Iba Award, a.k.a. the USBWA National Coach of the Year Award. Now, Nova split the series of last year. We thought we would get the tiebreaker in the biggest tournament final, but obviously that didn't happen.
1: Yeah, Hall, damn you!
0: Those pirates, always plundering and just kind of ruining things.
1: Yes, as always.
0: This time around, though, the Musketeers look different—very different. Like, yeah, you got Trayvon blew it back, excellent score. He's he's led the team in points since he set foot on the court for his freshman year, and then you got Edmund Sumner. All Biggies freshman team last season, 11 points per game. But then, look at their front court, and it looks a little empty. (laughs) For starters, you don't have Jalen Reynolds there because he darted for the
1: pros. (laughs) Why?
0: I don't know who was getting in his ear, but he should have gone to the draft combine. But if he didn't go because he wasn't invited, that probably should have been assigned then. Then
1: and there, did he even get? He didn't get drafted, right? He's not even on a D league team, is he? Uh no. No, that was stupid, man. Okay, continue. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and he was great for he was great for Xavier too. He
1: was good. I mean, he made some boneheaded plays here and there that led to technical fouls, but he, he, he was a monster on the boards, and especially and inside too on offense.
0: So aside from Reynolds. James Farr graduated, as did Remy Abel. And then another forward who's, you know, they thought he was going to be the next guy to go, but Kende London. He ends up transferring to, I believe, Chattanooga. And now Xavier has Sean O'Mara coming back, and he barely played. They did get a transfer in Rashid Gaston, but Gaston. Is the most experienced member of the front court, despite never playing at Xavier. But at his old school, Norfolk State, he averaged 10 minutes per game, and that is the most experienced member of the front court Xavier currently has at this current moment. Ouch!
1: Yeah, it's not like it's 10 minutes per game at Kentucky playing behind some high-end freshmen. This is 10 minutes per game from Norfolk State. <laughs> oh yeah, not not exactly the best experience up front. I didn't realize how depleted they were.
0: Wow. Making matters worse, the jazz man, Miles Davis, is suspended indefinitely in light of some domestic violence charges. He's got a restraining order against him with an ex-girlfriend. What do you think about Chris Mack here?
1: Yeah, good, good. No no chances, Just, just no nonsense. Good, this is the type of situation you don't stand for.
0: I totally agree. This is not like the New York Giants and Josh Brown. This yeah. is not like Ray Rice. This is not like Greg Hardy. I mean, this man's been a staple guard for Xavier over the last two years. I think Chris Mack is making a bold statement, the right statement, and a good statement.
1: Yes, absolutely. So Chris Mack should have won Big East Coach of the Year, too, by the way. But that's I not-
0: also agree with that statement.
1: Not taking it away from Jay. We just... With what Mac had and what he did, come, come, sort of, kind of coming out of nowhere last year and put up the year they did. Um, But yeah, this this speaks to why he should. He's such a good coach. And also, is Miles Davis the bald guy, or is that the other Davis? He is the bald guy. He is the bald guy. Okay.
0: The other Davis graduated, I think, before last season. Okay. D Davis.
1: D Davis. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now in in replacement for Davis JP McCura, who was the biggie six man of the year last year no. he's expected to replace him in the lineup Dennis the Menace <laughs>
1: Dennis the Menace we still don't know where that nickname comes from
0: <laughs> who gave it to him i just want to if someone knows please tweet us who please. gave JP McCura Dennis the Menace
1: wasn't it the the Fox Sports announcer? And then it just kind of caught on. Or was that I don't know if he got it from someone else though. Uh-oh. Why is why is JP McCreary back?
0: That we're like, oh, is it is it his middle name? Is his middle name Dennis? No, it's not. <laughs> no. It's not Dennis. <laughs> it's not Dennis. Oh
1: god! Didn't he have some incident too where he like? Oh
0: yes, he's was a questionable after, character.
1: Wasn't it after the Was it after the Nova game last year?
0: Yes, it was. It was shortly after that game.
1: Yeah, he went to a bar and just pulled down uh, his pants. Yep,
0: decided to show (laughs) himself to the world.
1: Hey, sixth man of the year, though.
0: Sixth man of the year.
1: I guess that's what you can do.
0: Now, regardless of all these questionable characters, (laughs) they have my favorite character. Shout out to the Blue Blob, my favorite mascot. I forgot about the Blue Blob, I love it. No offense to Willy Cat, but I just love the blue blob. I just want to take a picture with the blue blob. I want to <laughs> hug the blue blob. I want, to, you know, the blue blob is great. I think he's great for the kids. I think he looks awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Retired, the actual musketeer, just just make the blue blob go full-time.
1: Yeah, that, that is one of the best uh, student-only mas- mascots.
0: So what do you think about this Xavier squad? Does Nova split the series again?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna have them splitting. Um, I I didn't realize though that they were so depleted up front, but I I think that a year for Sumner is gonna that transition from freshman to sophomore year. I don't see a sophomore slump there, and then Trayvon Blue, is just an all all class player and probably should be first team All biggies when it's all said and done. Um. Yeah, I I see them splitting. Um, but I think Xavier might take a little bit of a hit otherwise. So like maybe they'll drop a few more games than they did last year. Just because I just don't know what to express from that front court. And it's not like we have like givens. It's we got a guy from Norfolk State and a a backup who barely saw any playing time last year.
0: I totally agree. I don't think Xavier is gonna be as good as they were last year, record wise. Mm-hmm. But they're always a tough team. Like Villanova to the Pavilion is them in the Centa Center. They yeah. they lighted up in there.
1: Yeah, the Centa Center is becoming one of the toughest, if not the toughest, place to play in the Big East right now. That that place last year was rocking. I did not expect
0: that. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. Mm-hmm. I do think Nova will split the series. Okay, so chalk it up. I do think Nova will win at home, but they will lose. In the rematch on February 11th. So but that, Blue Blob, I love you. Regardless <laughs> of win or loss, I love we, you. <laughs> we,
1: should, we should try to – we should get a GoFundMe to get you to take a picture with uh, the Blue Blob. Get you, get you to a game out there and get a picture with the Blue Blob and all, everyone will be
0: happy. Yeah, send Eugene to Cincinnati <laughs> to hug the Blue Blob. Not even take a picture. Just hug the Blue Blob. Just, just <laughs> it doesn't even have to be documented.
1: So so what does that put us at? Three losses each? Uh, total.
0: Two two in the Big East. Total, total yes, yeah. Okay. Three losses, two in the Big East. I have Nova winning against Xavier at home in the first game, but they'll I think they'll lose in the rematch a month later at the Center. Yep, I agree. Now we move on to a team that also took a hit. St. John's Red Storm. Now, you know, you get a new coach, you lose Steve Lavin, half the team transfers out, half the team graduates, you bring Chris Mullen after Steve Lavin. Okay, you know, they were definitely gonna take a hit. But did you expect the last place? <laughs> Eight and twenty-four overall, one and seventeen in the biggies, <laughs> they won the toilet bowl showdown against DePaul. <laughs> We had that as a game of the week just because it was the most competitive game of the list once. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was. That was the odd week I remember. Um,
0: I I didn't expect
1: last. I mean, you know what? I actually kind of did expect last, but I didn't expect one in seventeen last.
0: <laughs> yeah, in twenty-four overall. that's as bad. Chris Mullen definitely thinks he can just you know suit up and just probably do. Just, he could probably still drop 20 if he wanted.
1: Yeah, he, he could probably beat the ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Federico Mussini, he's a sophomore. He was their top their top reco- returning scorer. Only player that averaged in double figures last season that will be back. However, he shot an atrocious 33.9% on the floor, and an even worse, 30.4% from beyond the arc.
1: Yeah, I thought Billy Garrett was inefficient. That uh, that that is pretty bad.
0: And then I thought there was another uh, Big East point guard that we will get into later that I thought was inefficient. But this is even worse.
1: Yes. Yes, and I think I know who you're talking about because I want I want to I want to rip him
0: apart too. <laughs> <laughs> now with Saint John's, the hope is in the youth. This is the first solid, first true. Recruiting class for Chris Mullen, and he did a pretty good job. He, he's bringing in three four-star recruits, headlined by Shamori Pons, the hometown guy. He's the preseason pick to win Big East Rookie of the Year. Scored over two thousand points at Thomas Jefferson High. He's he's looking legit. He's looking legit.
1: Yeah, I remember we talked about him a few episodes ago. Uh, he he was, uh, yeah yeah, Big East Rookie of the Year preseason so. Big things uh, are to be expected from
0: him. And then they also got Bashir Ahmed, a six seven forward, and a German man, Richard Freudenberg. He <laughs> played for Bayern Munich.
1: Ah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, over there in Europe they named their basketball teams after their soccer teams.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty strange. It it kind of threw me off.
1: Yeah. I think I think the organization is Bayern Munich and then they just have subdivisions, like soccer subdivision basketball. I don't know if they have baseball or whatever. but Whatever different sports they play.
0: They're a little offensively challenged, but they could possibly have one of the best shot-blocking front courts in the Big East. Mm-hmm. Kasum Yakwe and Yakumba Simba. Simba.
2: Not
0: Simba. Yeah, not Simba yeah, of the line.
2: No.
0: no. no B. But they finished 1-2 in blocks last season in the Big East. They both average around 2.5 blocks per game. And now they add 6'11 Tennessee transfer Tariq Owens, who, if you ask me, is the Mikhail Bridges of St. John's. He came in at 6'11, 175 when he first started college basketball. Wow. Yeah, lanky man, lanky skinny man.
1: Yeah, there's no muscle there.
0: But he put on some weight during his redshirt year. Okay, okay. Put on 25 pounds, so that that's pretty good.
1: Mhm.
0: He's got a 74 wingspan.
1: Love that wingspan.
0: Always about the wingspan. We uh-huh. should just have a pterodactyl award.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll do an award show at the end of the year.
0: Pterodactyl award. He reminds me of Chris Obekpa, defensive specialist that needs some work on offense, but he will he will block that ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then you got the other two.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Wasn't one of them injured for one of the Nova games? I can't remember.
0: Very possible. All I remember was Villanova played St. John's last year at the Wells Fargo Center, and people tailgated when it was three degrees. Then, by game time, it dropped to one degree.
1: Yeah. I think you're giving the weather a little bit too much credit. I I, I would say it was probably the negatives.
0: Okay, you're right. Yeah. right I think I am. Yeah.
1: We, we remember doing the trek. We didn't have the luxury of a car. We hit the train and walked. I, the...
0: I just remember – Wanting to be a part of the tailgate. And then my hands froze
2: mm-hmm.
0: in five minutes. Yeah. And I remember people were making a killing off selling gloves. They Great were. time to be a glove salesman.
1: Yeah, they were. They were going around tailgate to tailgate. Just individual vendors. I was just like, oh, that's genius.
0: So can we chalk? Can we can we pull out the Sharpie and say Villanova sweeps SJU again?
1: Yeah. I think these are two Sharpie games. Um, But I will say this about St. John's. They might finish last. They might finish ninth. They might finish eighth. Who knows? But they are on the upswing. And I'd say they're probably another two years minimum, maybe four years max, two to four years, to really being good again. Because I feel like once Mullen gets his guys in there and clears out the Lavin guys, I I think that they're going to start to do some big things because New York is a hotbed for basketball. And when you get the chance to play for a legend like Chris Mullen, I think it's hard to turn that down, especially when players who play in New York city, like want to stay in New York city, at least that's what the uh, record room for the big East told me. Um, But yeah, you're going to, you're going to have plenty of talent to get, get from. So, you might you might have a bad record this year. You might have a bad record next year, but things are on the upswing, and that's really all you can uh, hope for.
0: Yeah, it's not really like DePaul. DePaul struggles with recruiting. They right. didn't get a single recruit that wasn't above a three star this season, and yet you know St. John's comes off this ugly year, half the team left going in, and he's bringing in three four star recruits and a guy like Shimori Ponds. All right. But I will definitely take my Sharpie out mm-hmm. and ride in Villanova.
2: Hooray.
0: Now after, you know, you, you leave New York, you're on your way back down to Villanova, mm. driving through, driving down that turnpike. Then you approach South Orange. Mm. Chris, you're a Jersey guy. Do you want to take the honors for this next team?
1: The Seton Hall
0: Pirates. Villanova plays them twice: January yes. sixteen at home and February eighteen away.
1: Yes, the thorn in Jay Wright's side. I don't understand why we can't beat this team twice in a year. Uh, we just can't. But, but it might change this year. It might. Uh, defending, they are the defending Big champions. We all know how that game went. I was there. You were there. Great game. Just not the way we turned out, but maybe it was for the better because I think that's the fire that lit uh, Villanova's uh, championship run. But the uh, I think the key storyline for Seton Hall this year is definitely No Isaiah Whitehead, who is now on the Brooklyn Nets. He averaged 18.2 points a game, just over five assists, shot about 38% from the field, with 37% from three. And I believe this is the player you were referring to when you want to talk about inefficient.
0: Correct? This guy's a volume scorer.
1: He's volume. And this is the guy who I've been waiting to say all year. This is the definition of the Patrick Ewing effect. For those who don't know who the Patrick Ewing effect is, is if you take a player off the team, they do better. Even though if that perceived player is putting up gaudy numbers and is the supposed star. that is going to happen this year for Seton Hall. I can see them being a great team, even better than last year when they were a sixth seed in Big East Champs. And that's because Isaiah Whitehead is in the pros, going, taking the shuttle between Brooklyn and Long Island, which is where their League team is.
0: Yeah, he he shot them out of that NCAA tournament game. They lost to Gonzaga because Miserable. they continue to hack it up.
1: Yep. I remember we were discussing – during that game, that he he remember we were talking about how at the Big East tournament he was slapping the floor, getting all hyped, but that was because he was winning. When he was getting his butt kicked, he was just he just gave up, no intensity whatsoever, and then he blamed the altitude of
0: Colorado. Yeah, and do I think he's talented? Yes. Do I think he shoots the ball too much? Yes. <laughs> do I think he was instrumental in getting Seton Hall to the Big East tournament title? Yes, because he, he was great in March. He heated up. He heated up a lot mm-hmm. going into that finals game. He did. But I just – I love this junior class. I think Angel Delgado is fantastic. Average just under a double-double. Mm-hmm. Decimal points below 10. 10 points, 10 rebounds per game. Then you got Kadeem Carrington, who's expected to be the new main man. He's the top returning scorer, just averaged over 14 points per game. And then you got Desi Rodriguez, who can slash, but he can pop it from deep once in a while. Mm -hmm. He shot just over 50% on the floor, which is great efficiency. Great efficiency.
1: Great efficiency. We're all about the efficiency over here at State.
0: And then the Pirates add a four-star freshman, Miles Powell, who was one of the top shooters in the country last year from deep. They need a perimeter threat, so I, I think he could be it. He could be it.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Now, according to Ken Palm, Seton Hall rose from 112th in defensive efficiency two years ago to 10th last year. That is – now, we like to talk about our jumps. We talk about how State of the Nova Nation hops, <laughs> jumps around <laughs> in Podomatic's rankings. But this is, this is huge. This is 102 spots. Yeah. Do you see them replicating anywhere near that same success this year?
1: Um, I didn't realize that they were that good defensively defensively. They never really struck me as that type of team. I always kind of thought they were more offensive oriented, especially with whitehead. Um, I don't see them being top, uh, top 10, but I can see them being, you know, top 30, top 20, maybe. Um, it all depends on if they can, if if Whitehead really is the definition of the Patrick Ewing effect. We'll see how this team goes without him. Um, I mean, he really wasn't that big of a leader on defense. I felt like so. Maybe it, maybe it'll help. Maybe it'll help. Maybe it'll bump him up. But I don't I don't know about this Miles Powell kid on defense. I know, like we said, he's a great shooter, but any word on his uh, defensive abilities?
0: No. 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 Not yet.
1: Yeah. So. We'll see how that
0: goes. I, I feel like Powell will be the X Factor for that. Now, this game will be a part of the Big East Marathon on Martin Luther King Day. The big stage, big lineup, one game right after the other, pump them out. Nova, Seton Hall, it's become a rivalry. The Pirates are the only team that has beaten Villanova in since realignment in each of the last three seasons. Do you see the Pirates continuing that streak?
1: No. I know I just hyped them up, and I'm hyped that Whitehead's gone for Seton Hall's sake, but I, I think Nova gets both this year.
0: Yeah, see, last year during the regular season, they got the first one at the Pavilion, but that, that one at the Rock was scary close.
1: It was scary. I was there for that, actually.
0: A fun game. I hate to say it, but I think Nova wins at the Pavilion on Big East Marathon Day on the big stage. But then they go over to the Rock.
1: Where <laughs> scary things
0: happen. Yeah. Scary things happen. I think I, I think Nova won at home, but I think they'll lose on the road.
1: Okay. Yeah, I know. I know you're you're really high in scene Hall as well. And you were and you were for the Big East tournament this year. You called it. You called the Villanova Sein Hall final, and you had Sein Hall
0: winning. I did. I did. I was pretty. I, I'll be. I'll be honest. I was hyped on that, but there's. I I think it was just this event that happened to me freshman year when I went to The Rock, and I was kind (laughs) of sad. (laughs) I remember I was convinced to go all the way to Prudential Center. We took a bus, saw the Villanova-Seaton Hall game. I think it was Fuquan-Edwin, or I don't remember who it was, but they made like a go-ahead three. Archie the Akinos shot missed as per usual back then. Hot take. But (laughs) I just remember after that game, just feeling miserable. Then I get on the bus, and I come back to campus at 2 a.m. in the morning. Even more miserable because then I class the next day. (laughs) It was just not a good night, and it was ever since then. I was, I just live in fear of seeing Paul.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I went to the game two years ago when Villanova lost in overtime, and then I went last year, and I just don't like seeing offense. The they're they're it's a it's a scarring event that you know. I say go to a game if you can, but just make sure they they they're in a good chance to win because <laughs> they are unbearable when they lose. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I just kind of want to ask you this: Where do you see them finishing this year? Seton Hall? Seton
0: Hall. Yeah. Three or four.
1: Okay. Yeah, I see them finishing three actually ahead of Creighton, and if Xavier is not able to uh, make up for their losses on the front court, I can even see them supplanting them. But that's a, that's a long shot.
0: Yeah. Right now, I, I just don't see Villanova Xavier budging.
1: Yeah. I give it up.
0: Now, next is a team that's about to suffer a large fall from grace, but don't tell them that. Whatever you do, do not ask Kyron Cartwright of the Providence Friars about Chris Dunn or Ben Bentel. This man is on a mission to prove himself, make a name for himself, doesn't want to talk about Chris, doesn't want to talk about Ben. Mm-hmm. The Friars are hungry. They're, they're upset. They don't want to hear any more about Chris Dunn. They don't want to hear any more about Ben Bentel. They're projected to finish ninth in the Big East polls, preseason polls, after going twenty-four and eleven last season overall, and then ten and eight in the Big East. It's a very young team. They only have one senior who barely plays. Chris, can the Friars find some solace in the post Chris Dunn Ben Ventel era?
1: They're gonna be hard pressed too. Man, but just seeing Providence at ninth in the preseason polls, that just doesn't seem right. Something, Something's off. Um, yeah, I, they're... I don't know. Like, it, It's Dunn and Bentle. Those are your two best players you've had in I don't know how long. Ten, past 10 years? They were better than Bryce Cotton, for sure. Um, I don't see them finishing ninth, though. I just can't see it. It's just because it's Providence that so we... We've went four years knowing that they were a really good team, eat game and game in and game out, finished around the two, three, four, five every year. Now to see them as the bottom feeders, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't think they would finish ninth. Now seventh, eighth, sixth, even yeah, okay, I can yeah. I can vibe with that. Mm-hmm. They got Rodney Bullock, who's their only returning player who averaged over 10 points per game last season, had 11.4 points per game and 6.8 boards per game. Tyron Cartwright, he's the new point guard. He's the new man in town. He averaged just under six points per game, averaged four assists per game. Jalen Lindsey, he's back. He's one of their knockdown shooters. They're going to really need him to step it up, as will they need. Ryan Fazekas, a sophomore 6'8 shooting guard. He's supposed to be a sharpshooter, was a little disappointing his first year. Maybe he's adjusting will be better this time around. He only shot thirty four point three percent for beyond the arc. Now, Ben Bentle, no one really talked about him going into last year. Do you see anyone having a breakout, you know, come out of nowhere, breakout star season like Mr. Ben Bentle? Um,
1: on Providence or just in the biggies in general?
0: On Providence.
1: Uh I'll give it the physique I don't know. I liked his play last year. I know he didn't shoot that well from three. Uh but I I, I see him developing into something nice for them. What say you?
0: I think this is just gonna be a rough season. Ed Cole is gonna to have to go back to the drawing board. Hopefully this incoming freshman class is nice. But ninth, no. But I think it will be a rough season.
1: Yeah. Agreed. So, I see the
0: cats winning both.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, the—I know we said that the, the Prudential Center is uh, the House of Horrors, but the, the the dunk is really, if for Jay Wright's tenure, the House of Horrors. Um, but I still feel like they'll be able to go in and win one.
0: Oh yeah, Doug Gottlieb, the place where ranked teams go to die.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay, Doug. <laughs> Another Doug we love here.
0: Oh, don't get me started on that man. And now we're going to round off our Big East conference play preview with a longtime historic rival, the Georgetown Hoyas. But this is looking like an exciting year to play the Hoyas because for the first time in over, just over a decade, Georgetown is coming to play not at the Wells Fargo Center but at the Pavilion.
1: Oh, thank God! About time I saw the I was at the uh nova Georgetown game last year at Las fargo. I was actually pretty packed for that and it was the last game- i think it was the last regular season game of the year
0: as well yeah, and it was during spring break too, which is what surprised me,
1: yeah, yeah, we never got to see georgetown
0: i think there was there was one where they played in January, I think it was two years ago
1: was it was that at home though?
0: Yeah, it was at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, Nova, remember Nova lost by twenty. They got smacked, and then this one like sold out like crazy.
1: I get. Uh, I honestly, I don't remember that. I oh thinking yeah, on that?
0: Nova ended up blowing them out.
1: Uh, uh, I, I don't remember. Wow. But yeah,
0: usually I think three of the last four years that they've been during a spring break or a break.
1: Yeah, and I was always hyped to see fill up Georgetown because that's what I grew up on. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was surprised that uh, the Nova Georgetown game was pretty well filled last year mm-hmm. given the fact that Georgetown just hasn't been performing up to par. No. I mean, they're they're coming off of their first losing season under John Thompson III. It's mm-hmm. also his first ever losing season as a coach ever, Georgetown or Princeton. 15-18 mm-hmm. overall, 7-11 to the Big East. What's wrong with Georgetown? How do you, how do you make it great again?
1: <laughs> how how do you make George sound great? Again? Uh a new coach. They, oh, agreed. <laughs> that that's how you do it. They and had the a, talent, but they did, they did, they were not under 500 bad last
0: year. If if he if his last name was not George uh was not Thompson mm-hmm. and his dad wasn't who his dad was, I don't think he'd still be around. I 100 percent agree with you,
1: and what does he have to show for his tenure there? Uh, one final four. That's it. in 2008. How long of a leash does this guy have? I mean, another year like this, and I, I, you've you got to be calling for his head. I'm sure they are, but they're just not going to do
0: it. Yeah, ever since the FGCU game, they just haven't been the same since <laughs> no, no that that wrecked them
1: because <laughs> then because then the next year they were miserable too. Yeah. And then they made it to the tournament the year after and lost second round, I think it was like the San Diego State or something.
0: Yeah, second round. Yeah. So, as a four seed, I believe. Yeah, they were. So, yeah, see, with me, I think it's it's all about that recruiting. They're not getting the big names anywhere. They're not getting your Roy Hibberts. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting out recruited in their own backyard. I mean, for example, I mean, Villanova's making a huge pipeline of the DMV area. That Delaware, Maryland, Virginia area. You got Josh Hart and Jenkins. Snag them right from their backyard. Georgetown <laughs> fans get sad. You just look up Georgetown fans on Twitter talking about these two guys, and they just cry every time. <laughs> cry every time.
1: Cry every time. It's like uh, Sad Scott. We got to bring that back. Remember yeah. Sad
0: Scott? Oh, of course.
1: Yeah, they're all, all like Sad Scott.
0: Yeah, Hart got an offer from Georgetown, but they wouldn't take it. He wanted. He was. He was down to go, but they wouldn't take it. Meanwhile, Jenkins waited for an offer that never came.
1: You mean to tell me Georgetown did not want to take Josh Hart? Yes, oh,
0: they offered him, wow. but they did not take him.
1: Who could have possibly have been blocking him that they wouldn't want to take him?
0: <laughs> Great question.
1: Uh, Great question. And then I, I. I think we should also make note of uh, Mello Tribble uh, oh yeah. Maryland standout. Yeah, he, he snubbed Georgetown
0: as well. Yeah, and, and he took it personally when they played each other last season.
1: Oh, that's right, they did play. Yeah. yeah he he
0: never that. got an offer.
1: Oh he oh yeah, that's right.
0: But you know, Georgetown, they might have the most players in the NBA right now, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's clearly not they've gone cold.
1: Yeah, I agree. Do you, do they like have a scouting department that just is horrendous or is just John Thompson that
0: oblivious? (laughs) You can't tell. Oh, God. He is a very nice guy, though. I will give him that.
1: Doesn't stop him from being a
0: Telmo recruiter. All right. Uh (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. With no more Devontae Smith-Rivera, DSR, it's about to get a lot harder. They're going to miss his 1,919 career points. Fifth highest ever in program history, right behind Alonzo Mourning. But they got some good news. They bring back basically every relevant rotational player. Mm-hmm. LJP, Isaac Copeland, great guard combo. Bradley Hayes, a seven-foot man. He was able to get another year of eligibility. And Jesse Govan, he was a freshman last year. But apparently some people have him on some mock drafts. And depending on how this year goes... If he darts early, I would not blame him.
1: Okay. Did not know that. And now you know. Yeah, <laughs> the, the more you know. Uh, Jesse, go. I'll keep an eye out for them. I did not think he was going to be anywhere near the NBA draft this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you look on Draft Express.
1: <laughs> oh, our
0: favorite. Our favorite. They got him. They got him on there. Okay. Now, when I spoke to Bradley Hayes at Biggie's Media Day, he said people were sleeping on their transfers. Rodney Pryor and Jonathan Mulmore, two guys to look out for. Pryor's expected to be in the starting lineup. He's a grad transfer from Robert Morris. I don't remember if we talked about him, but he started out at a community college, barely played, wanted to transfer, tore his ACL, out for the year. Then tears another, I pretty might have been another ACL. Out for the following year, somehow Robert Morris likes what they see, brings him in as a transfer, <laughs> plays two years, does very well there, and then he leaves for Georgetown. So, uh, you know these guys are gamers. Yeah, you see them being great. How do you think the series are gonna is gonna go this year?
1: Um, I see Nova winning both, actually. Um. I don't think we're going to have a repeat performance of MLK Day two years ago. That was, that was not a fun day. That was right after the Packers blew that championship game against the Seahawks. That was a bad two days for me. Um, yeah, Georgetown has the backcourt for it. LJ Peak and Isaac Copeland, I feel like, are definitely going to be the, the two X factors for them. Um, and then they got Hayes back, who's fully healthy. He had the inju- – I forget what kind of injury he had last year. It Was was it elbow, arm, or foot? I don't remember. But he was banged up, and, and I feel like because of that, he wasn't able to get fully going, and I feel like the Sun offense wasn't able to get fully going. Um, the transfers are definitely going to help. I don't think they'll be the stars by any means, but they're definitely going to be able to contribute solid minutes. Um, so, yeah, th- I don't think they'll be under five hundred again. And I I would say they have the talent to be a top-four team in the Big East, but they just don't have the coaching. I, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't stand John Thompson. He's just so bad.
0: Yeah, I hate to say it, but I think they need some new fresh eyes.
1: Yeah. So I can see them being, like, fifth, sixth, but I don't think they crack it, the
0: top four. That's I think nova wins both games pretty comfortably. That mm-hmm. pavilion game, I think everyone should come out for. That's a pretty good. That's pretty cool to have it at the pavilion. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so we do our final tallies, and I believe I have them losing three times.
1: Yep, one in non-conference, and then two here. You had you had Seton Hall and Xavier. And Xavier, and wait, no, I think you also had another one in there, didn't you? Or no? No. No, was
0: it? No, you had them losing at Butler.
1: Wait, no, no, didn't you? Ha- no, I thought you had them losing at Butler.
0: Oh wait, yeah, you're right. You had them losing at Marquette.
1: Marquette, yeah.
0: Probably should have wrote this down. <laughs> yeah,
1: Marquette and Xavier. I have them losing.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I have them losing three times in conference play. Mm-hmm. One time in non-conference. Total of four. Four losses for Nova. Mm-hmm. They lost five games last year combined. So,
1: Okay. So, yeah, if they lose once in the Big East tournament, then, yeah, then you match your t- total from last year.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of the Big East tournament, how do you see Villanova doing in terms of the Big East? Regular season, overall, tournament, and how far, how far we're going to call it, how far are they going in the big dance.
1: Okay, all right, I'll give you a breakdown. Um, Regular season, I see them finishing first. I just can't picture a scenario, barring injuries, where they just don't finish first. I mean, Xavier's a good team, but they lost so much up front, and I just don't see any of the uh, other squads supplanting Xavier for two, let alone Nova for one. So I'll give Nova the one seed in the Big East tournament. And then the Big East tournament. <sighs> I mean, I want to say they they're gonna win, and they should, but I don't know. The Big East tournament's so fickle. Something always happens in there that just messes everything up. Um, I'm gonna, just, you know, make the predictable predictions: Nova Xavier in the finals, and I'll give it a Nova. And then for the NCAA tournament, I'd say, worst case, we do what we always used to do, <laughs> round the 32, and we're out, um, as either a one or two seed. I mean, depends on the rest of the field. But I'd definitely say best case is repeat. But I'd say a realistic case is probably elite eight or final four
0: bid. Now, I have Villanova winning the regular season. They're going to take the top seed going into the Big East tournament. They're going to make their way through. Then they're going to re-meet Seton Hall in the finals.
2: Mm-hmm. They're going
0: to beat Seton Hall in the finals. <laughs> Win the Big East tournament. Kind of ends last year. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to go into the NCAA tournament. Probably as a two seed.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe,
0: yeah, two seed. Maybe That's three. Exciting. Um, I don't think the one. I just don't see the one. But who knows? You don't yeah. know what can happen. I mean, last year... We don't know what the committee was thinking when they made those brackets. Yeah, that was bad. But, yeah, best case scenario for Villanova, obviously they win it all. Worst case, they lose in the first weekend. <laughs> Realistically, I see them going as far as the lead it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Good to see we're in agreement on that at least, and we're not. Yeah, I, it's I guess just,
0: I. I don't know. Like I, I feel like this is. You know, they just need to get over that hump and now they can just do it again. Yeah. Like get past that first weekend. But I just I I just don't see this team being able to make it to the final four. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I I can see the final four, I just repeating is just so hard. Every sport. Yeah. Like college basketball where the tournament's all about matchups. Who knows?
0: But yeah. Especially, two- you know, you see these like top tier blue bloods, they're bringing in five-star recruit classes, and they're not even repeating. Like, no one's done right. this in Florida.
1: Yeah, and that was, like, one of the greatest squads ever assembled for back-to-back years.
0: Yeah, so. not only do they come back, they yeah, they came back so they could do it again, and they yeah. did it again.
1: And they did it again with relative ease.
0: We don't have any mail today. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the mailbag's dry. Mm-hmm. But this concludes our Villanova. Wildcast 2016-17 regular season preview. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, the first part where we focus on non-conference schedule is the episode before this. It was on Tuesday's episode. If you want to check that out, please do. Thank you again for listening. Thank you Thank for subscribing to State of the Nova Nation. Get us on iTunes for free. Chris, I hope you had fun.
1: Oh, This was a blast. I've been waiting a long time to do this and at the heels of the... Of the election, this this was much needed.
0: (laughs) Remember, Villanova takes on Lafayette at the Pavilion tomorrow night, Friday at six thirty p.m. It is the beginning of college basketball. We are so close. We are so close.
1: I am so happy too.
0: (laughs) Also, men's soccer, big semifinal game. Winner gets to go to the Big East tournament finals. That game is taking place tonight at seven p.m. We got a loaded schedule.
1: It's great. it's a great time to be
0: alive thank you for listening follow us on the twitter sphere add for you bench mob or follow me eugene repay on my own personal twitter at everpay5
1: and you can follow me chris stansiel at the stands man on twitter
0: have a good weekend enjoy tomorrow college basketball is here
1: three seconds to go across the timeline two seconds to go
2: jenkins three right wing to win it he made it he made the three for the Later filled over is the king of college basketball once again!